Live and direct from New York City, this is Beneath the Surface Podcast. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Nation Time Strategic Planning. Mm-hmm. We're here to do our part in helping our people thrive again. I am Miss Eve. This is Moray, and we're privileged to spark off the most recent discussion. Now, what's going on, Moray? How have you been in the midst of these democratic debates? Um... <laughs> I'm well. <laughs> I actually haven't been watching the Democratic oh, debates. Oh, I thought you were conscious. <laughs> well, what, what's going I am on conscious, here? but that is more indicative of the field of candidates mm. than anything else. But I still am, you know, kind of keeping myself abreast of what's going on. You don't like what's what's being represented? I don't think that they have separated themselves enough from the field okay. to stop and say, listen, pay attention. And so it's nice to know you're running for president, but I need to know why I should vote for you to be mm. president. And so, you know, I want 45 out by any means necessary. Yeah. So I'm hoping that some part of the field begins to distinguish themselves because we all getting close so that we give those undecided voters a reason to vote for the Democrat who will be the chosen candidate. Well, how do you feel about the mayor of our fair city voting, uh, um, running? I don't know if he dropped out yet, but I think he's still still there. Right. Um, I know, like, he didn't get enough support. For one of the debates, for, yeah. For one of the debates. So I don't, I don't really know what he's doing either. So I need to know your views. I need to know what you're going to do when you become president. I yeah. need to know, like, what issues you stand on and, you know, how you expect to bring us into a better position and um i'm not really hearing i'm I'm hearing little bits here and there but i need to hear a little bit more yeah well let's put on our gear and dive beneath the surface with today's topic and it's interesting that you mentioned anybody but 45 in other words our current president well in light of that what is today's topic (laughs) moray mental health are we crazy wow mental so health like notice here. how i tried to align that topic with one donald tom uh, donald john yeah, trump yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway <laughs> now i feel about that guy All okay right. well i look forward to it stay tuned listeners Let's spark it off by talking about bipolar disorder. One thing that's interesting about that topic is I hear it all the time. A lot mm-hmm. of people claim, okay, this person is bipolar, that person is bipolar. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want for the listener's sake for you to understand un- understand that we're not just bringing up a random topic. Okay. The question is, are we crazy? Um, and of course, we're here for the purpose of hoping that we can help our people to thrive again and sometimes I question when I look at some of our behavior and you know some of the maybe post-traumatic slave syndrome that we have and um, not to make generalizations but some of the dysfunctions honestly that happen in our communities Mm. Um, I'm wondering if there is some kind of mental health event sometimes or at least something that we can point to that might explain and by the way you might know i Mm. think you know me well enough to know that i'm not one of those people that points out black people's problems all the time like Mm. i'm not in fact i let other people do that right but if i see a pattern you know sometimes i want to know 
where that came from. So let's spark it off with bipolar disorder. And I actually have a definition. Okay. Um, Cause that's what I was about to yes. say. We may need that for the listeners. Yeah. And this comes from the national institutes of health. And so, um, the national institutes of health basically says bipolar disorder, also known as manic depressive illness okay. is a brain disorder that causes unusual shifts in mood, energy, activity levels, and the ability to carry out day-to-day tasks. Mm -hmm. Now, what have you seen in our community that sounds like that or is illustrated uh, or can be illustrative of what we just read? So I have to tell you that I try not to label people. Yeah until they tell me exactly what's going on. There's some things I'm like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like if you go into a Walmart and you shoot up the place, that's crazy. I'll wait for the doctor to say, oh, the person was dealing with manic depressive bipolar disorder or what have you. Um, Part of what we call crazy is that you have somebody like the, the fact that we think to destroy one another. Yeah, we seem sometimes to have more energy against each other right? than actually the people that you might think that we would direct our energy against. But does that make a person bipolar? Not diagnosed, not necessarily a diagnosed form of bipolar disorder. Now, what happens is stress levels Mm. raise, you know, our anxiety and things of that nature. And so... Sometimes we look at people not really realizing the amount of stress that they're carrying on their shoulders mm-hmm. and what's going on in their life. And when we see them explode, yeah. then it's a problem. And so I think we start to think that people are bipolar because they choose not to express the things that are going on in their personal lives mm-hmm. where we have a lot of stress. And so sometimes we're like, well, what's wrong with that person? But sometimes... Like, you just don't know. And we have a bad habit of picking at people. We have a bad habit of purposely agitating people to make ourselves feel better for whatever reason instead of thinking of, like, purposeful conflict resolution. Everything is not always... Everything can't always come to an amenable resolution. Mm -hmm. But then there's sometimes where we're like, hey, listen, this isn't big enough to argue about. But work is a stressful environment, right? School can be a stressful environment. You can be bullied at work and at school. Brings a stressful environment. So somebody who we thought was very um, soft-spoken, maybe even timid, things of that nature, when we see them go to the other end, we're like, oh, wait a second. Where'd that come from? But they were actually... Uh, factors that led into that person getting to that level. Wait a second. Did you just say bullied at work? Sure. Grown people in age, engaging in bullying? Sure. Like, how does that, how, how does that look? Um, We're talking about grown people. 45. When you abuse your power, you bully people. You know, you, you tell them what to do knowing that they are afraid to do anything otherwise because they know that they need their job. Mm. Um, you, you know that they need their paycheck. You choose to yell at people and tell them about how wrong they are instead of teaching them how they can do right because you know that, um, what, do, what do you do? Um, what is, they have that term, it all rolls downhill, right? Yeah. For those who understand. <laughs> if you want so to say like, it, yeah. Oh, somebody just yelled at me? Mm-hmm. Now I'm coming in here to yell at y'all. Mm-hmm. But 
at some point, somebody needs to take um, blame. Somebody needs to accept the fact that they didn't do something right. If I, as a manager, understand that I didn't do something right in communicating to my employees, it's not right for me to lash out at my employees because they didn't do what I failed to communicate to them. Now, the first time, somebody may be able to take it. But here we go again. You're always doing something wrong, and now i got to sit in a six-hour meeting of you telling me why I'm wrong and threatening to fire me. I think that something that you just said reminds me of the problem with this capitalist system Mm -hmm. and also the problem with the way that some of us engage in it. So, for example, I need this job or I need that check. Mm -hmm. We live in an environment in which there is so much emphasis on paying somebody every month. You know, I need my and, check. And, and that, but, <laughs> but, but we live in a, in, in a system where a system that actually operates on the timetable of a bunch of people having their open hand out to you every month so right. that you have no choice but to get into that gerbil wheel and run that race every single day in order to pay those people so that you could have your food, clothing and shelter. But does it have to be a gerbil wheel? Does it have to be stressful? I can pay bills and it can be okay. It's like, I understand you've done a service for me and I can gladly pay you for the service that you've done for me. Then there is what you put me through to get what I want. Mm -hmm. Now, if I feel like I have to jump through hoops to get what I want, then yes, I'm on the gerbil wheel and something needs to change. Well, since we're talking about our people, though, and you mentioned stress a couple of times, do you Mm -hmm. think there is anything about us as people of African ancestry, Mm -hmm. recent African ancestry, that would um, make it any different? You know, make make, uh, the the propensity towards something related to bipolar disorder. Definitely. Or the stressors that bring that about. Why, Why would that be any different with us? It's our history of labor in this country. From slavery, we were taught not to complain. And then when we finally got jobs, it was like, listen, you, you could actually be not have a job at all. So, and this is what black families push. You could actually not have a job at all. So you better be thankful that you got a job. Mm-hmm. You better you better not mess up that good government job. Yeah. And you sit down, you're like, listen, you don't understand the conditions. You're like, listen, there's people outside right now on welfare. You could be one of them. You go into that job and you do what they tell you to do and you learn how to ignore those things. Mm-hmm. That's what we teach. That yeah. we, that's what we push. But I'm a human being first. And what people do to me affect me. And when you send that message that you shouldn't complain, that you shouldn't speak about Hold what's wrong, mm-hmm. just those are things that eventually affect your health. And I say stress because even though we're talking about bipolar disorder, people actually have nervous breakdowns yeah. because they stress over the bills. They stress over having a job. They stress about the different factors in their lives. Oh, I'm dealing with a child that is difficult right mm. now. And dealing with this difficult child requires me to be at home a certain amount of time. But now I'm going to probably lose my job because I have to deal with my child. Then who wants to have to make that choice? My job or my child? Most of us know what we'll do. At the end of it all, it will be my child. But now I have to look for a new job. Now I have to figure out how I'm going to pay my rent. But what does blackness have to do with that? Well, part of it is is that we don't we get jobs at a far less rate okay. than other races. Okay, so we are more economically vulnerable and we understand of course mm-hmm. that a lot of different it's a great variables term, economically vulnerable. vulnerable. Yes. Yeah, or or Thank you. you know uh-huh. or, or um you know uh, feeling a little bit 
um, like we like we are can't really uh, depend on whatever economic system exists that we live within or we or economic equity whatever mm -hmm. it is but when we're economically vulnerable and we tend to be one of the groups that are um, most economically vulnerable yes. then that adds to the stress because everything in this life uh, boils down to whether you can pay one bill or the other right. you know i don't even know how much we get to live uh, in this environment because we're spending so much time at work. Um, so so mm -hmm. the thing that this has to do with blackness, in your view at least, is um, we just happen to be a group that, that is, is vulnerable in that way. One, but also two, there are some people who actually are already bipolar. Yes, okay. And so what happens is it's hard for us to scan the field, right? Because we're like, are these just stress factors? Mm -hmm. Or is the person really bipolar? Mm -hmm. do, do they have these extreme moods that take them from one end to the other, yeah. you know, almost instantaneously? And when that happens, do we really have experience on how to deal with it? Because I'll tell you sitting here right now, if somebody comes and they tell me I'm bipolar, I, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah. I don't I don't know the bipolar manual. Yeah. And I don't know like like what do you do is like they take a pill? Do they like need some time? Is it that you have to give them some oxygen? What actually <laughs> happens? And yeah. that's that's not even to make a joke of that. Yeah. That's just for me to say like you know, we have it happening around us, but we don't know what to do with it. And, and then, then if it's undiagnosed, then, you know, correct. somebody might question themselves and say, well, actually, what's wrong with me? And then there's also the factor of drugs in our community, mm -hmm. which have plagued us for many of years. Yeah. And so if if you're bipolar, bipolar and using drugs or if you're just using drugs and I think you're bipolar, but really you're just high right now, then. How do we do it? And now I'm trying to diagnose you. I talked about that earlier, right? I'm trying to diagnose you yeah. on really what's going on. And we're asking ourselves the question, are we crazy? Is this person crazy? Is that person crazy? So whether you have that specific brain disorder or not, whether it's diagnosed or undiagnosed, mm -hmm. uh, this is something that you can still be affected by a lot of the uh, trauma that has impacted us as a community and it might manifest itself in these manic depressive episodes. And I just also wanted to say it's like sometimes I, and I don't know, I don't have the facts, but are the drugs we're taking and I'm not talking about like the marijuana. Yeah. You mean what's, of that what's prescribed. Correct. Mm -hmm. Is that affecting us mentally? The, the different pills that they're prescribing to us mm -hmm. that is changing our hormonal balance. Yeah. All right. Well, what we're going to do is take a look at some of the trauma that we just spoke about in the next segment and see if there is any connection uh, between what is specific to our community and uh, some mental health issues. Now, Murray, we were talking earlier about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've been thinking about is whether PTSD uh, impacts us as a people, as a nation, mm -hmm. in a different way, whether it's more, less, or just completely differently than it does others. Mm -hmm. And um, are some of these things possibly caused by foreign, meaning when we've gone off to war, mm -hmm. or domestic, meaning in our households or even in this country, right. or even childhood experiences? So when we mm -hmm. think about that, I just wanted to bring up 
um, what the definition of PTSD oh, is. Yes. Thank you. And the Mayo Clinic would say uh, that it's post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD is a mental health condition that's triggered by a terrifying event. All right. Either experiencing it or witnessing it. Mm-hmm. Symptoms may include flashbacks, nightmares, and severe anxiety. Anxiety. As well as uncontrollable thoughts about the event. Right. And I just want to align this fact with what we were saying earlier. Neither one of us are mental health professionals. Right. Although we come across people who might have <laughs> mental health issues pretty often. Because right. both of us work with human beings. Right. But even though we're not mental health professionals, I think that we have the ability to see if there is some kind of connection, whether diagnosed or not, when it comes to bipolar, mm-hmm. between um, w- between an event within the bipolar category mm-hmm. and post-traumatic stress disorder. What thoughts come to your mind? Okay, so first thing I need to get out is, you know, we use the word crazy, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes we use the, the word crazy as a term. Then there's like when you're actually insane. And so I don't think people who are bipolar or who deal with anxiety are necessarily crazy or insane. I think they have a condition that needs attention, right? You realize that there's something about you that controls your behavior, Mm. and so there's something that you need to do about it and recognize it. As far as the post-traumatic stress disorder um, and how it aligns, you know, one thing we have to realize is that trauma will affect you. I don't care what's going on. No matter how you do it, you know, just because they labeled it now PTSD, it was trauma. It was something that affected your life watching somebody die next to you is a traumatic experience i don't care what goes on whether it was purposeful or whether it was by accident Mm -hmm. you sit down you be like i was there i seen it 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 affects me later and so those things happen the question is when that outwardly professes when when those feelings are outwardly professed in times where you don't want that to happen okay your anxiety those type of things and you can't really control that god has created us in such a way that we don't understand how our minds operate mm-hmm. we don't understand how i how i how our dreams happen sometimes we remember our dreams sometimes we don't sometimes we we realize and we're like i'm feeling anxious but i don't know why and sometimes it's because we haven't taken the time to talk about okay. the trauma that has happened to us and sometimes this trauma that happens especially with children that they were afraid to tell their parents about that we've suppressed for years because we wanted to hide it and then it manifested itself later. And so for people like that, there is, there's a time when we need to talk, sit down and discuss, sit down and see like how talking can help. You know, I've talked about this in pre-production and people hear me say it all throughout the podcast, communicating, Mm -hmm. making sure that we get out it's yeah. important to to verbalize sometimes how you're feeling and how things affected you. Otherwise, what? Otherwise, because there's so many people will say the Joneses, the Jacksons, we mm. don't do therapy. We don't talk to some white person sitting while we're sitting on the couch. What is it? What are you talking about? And because I want to say that that mm. that attitude it's not just something that people of you know who are black experience but that is something that we we do struggle with so what is the benefit of getting that out well part of it is is aren't we afraid of being labeled crazy that's 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 the big thing it's like if i go and talk to somebody about this 
they're going to think I'm crazy. And not that you shouldn't have discretion, but we have a big problem with not spreading out with spreading our business to people who don't necessarily need to hear it. Okay. And so when you go to a professional, there is that confidentiality clause, okay. right? And so when we learn to practice that confidentiality clause without having to have a confidentiality clause written. Without me having to say, hey, you sign this and I sign this. And if I discuss it, I can sue you. Then I can learn to trust. It'd be like, hey, listen, Eve, I need to talk to you about something because something is going on with me right now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to learn to say if somebody comes to me and they tell me they're like, hey, listen, I'm feeling a certain type of way and I don't understand what's going on. I have to be a big enough man to say, hey, listen, I'll talk to you about it, but. I know you believe that we shouldn't go talk to other people, but you need to talk to a professional. Okay. Because the professional can help you and understands these circumstances. They they have seen other people go through what they, what you're going through. And I don't I don't understand chemical imbalances. I yeah. don't understand hormonal imbalances and things of that nature. I don't understand how different how people deal with trauma in di- in different ways. So when that happens, then you can stop and you like, hey, listen. They're pointing you in the right direction. And don't think that everybody doesn't have your best interests in mind. There actually are some people who have who are concerned, yeah. hear what's happening with you, and then now they say, listen, that PTSD that you're dealing with, that that trauma, yeah. you know, that's that's what makes us withdraw, right? That's what makes us say, oh, I don't want to be around this group, or these are the people who haven't protected me, or these are the people who told me that I shouldn't feel, why are you crying right now? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. and they had no idea what was going on. I want to bring it back around to what is specific to us as a people. Okay. You know, since building a nation means we actually have to deal with these kinds of issues, Mm -hmm. whether it's uh, some kind of mental disorder like bipolar, Mm -hmm. uh, which affects some people, um, or um, dealing with post-traumatic. One thing that I want to make a connection about has to do with what's called underserved communities. Yes. And so, uh, or marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. Since we got here in 1619, uh, in terms of English North America, okay. since we got here, um, we've always been marginalized in one way or the other, and that applies all the way till this day. Okay. So whether we're talking about enslavement or servitude, whether we're talking about segregation, whether we're talking about mass incarceration, infiltration, (laughs) there have been all kinds of Asians (laughs) that have applied to us. And so I'm saying this to say earlier in this segment, I was mentioning that sometimes we have PTSD that's caused by foreign events, Mm -hmm. caused by domestic events, whether in this country or in our own households, as well as childhood experiences. And I just wanted to mention that because we are members of a marginalized, historically and and currently marginalized group, then of course certain things are going to affect us worse than they affect others. Right. Uh, when it comes to foreign, for example, I know my dad was in Vietnam, and I know that when he grew up in Detroit, uh, uh, black men were were swept up off the streets more quickly to serve in that war than right. anybody else. And so as a result, there were certain things they experienced when they were 19 and 20 years old that they should have never seen. Right. And then when it comes to domestic issues, we, you and I talk a lot about what's going on with uh, violence between the cops and 
yeah. and citizens. Um, and, you know, and as a parent, you know, how do you feel when your son is out there and you don't even know what's going to happen, no matter what you taught him, what's going to happen when he interacts with a cop, something that he may or may not be able to avoid. Right. Um, and then childhood experiences, things that kids go through, even when it comes to the classroom, there's a certain, it's already been documented that there's a certain way that white female teachers, which is the majority of the teacher core, mm -hmm. responds to brown kids that she doesn't respond, uh, that she doesn't, uh, and the stance that she takes that she doesn't take with white kids. Okay. For example, she sees a kid that's your complexion and just assumes um, that the kid is not as talented just based on complexion and he's more likely to be sent to um, to special ed. Right. And so, um, so yeah, a lot of these issues, because we're in a lot or of diagnosed these marginalized... diagnosed as autistic. Yes, definitely. Right. And because we're in these marginalized communities and we have um, higher rates of everything negative, with the ex with exception of osteoporosis, mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. negative <laughs> in terms of health and otherwise, of course there's going to be a higher rate of post-traumatic stress disorder. I can, I can agree. However, I think there's a certain level of, there's a certain level of responsibility that we have to take mm -hmm. to not allow people to label us. And so, I definitely, I'm, I'm with you. But when we ask ourselves the question, are we crazy, and are we dealing with PTSD? Sometimes it's like, hey, listen, okay, she doesn't know how to deal with me. That's fine, but there's nothing wrong with you. That's that's what happens in the home, right? Okay. That's like, it's building self-esteem is part of parenting to make sure that we don't allow other people to tell us, listen, as you're brown to, to constantly be told you're ugly because of your hair texture because mm -hmm. of your skin color that you're not as smart or you're not as talented as you put it earlier that's part of us owning part owning part of what we do to build the self-esteem and what we do talking to our children and things of that nature and it's like hey listen you're just as good as anybody else make sure that you understand that but to your point that is part of the stress because now the person who is grading me, so that's that part of bullying I'm talking about, right? The person who is grading me, the person who's evaluating me, the person who's telling me how I'm doing, I'm wondering why I can't get better than a C. I'm wondering why I can't get better than a 75 average. And the person already believes that I'm no better than a 75 average yeah. anyway. And I actually thought I got the question right, but the way the question was worded, mm -hmm had the entire class confused. But I'm always being silenced when I raise my hand or I'm asking too many questions. Or, you know, it's like the the whole, I, I sat in a class like that before. Yeah. Like, oh, the whole class is dumb. And I'm like, everybody can't be dumb. <laughs> not, not, not the whole class. Mm -hmm. But, and I'm just telling you, because that was a, a white teacher mm -hmm. in a brown community yeah. looking at, I, I believe like 98% of the class was black. And I think we had like two, we're still Latino. a minority, right? Mm -hmm. Two Latinos there. Yeah. And it was like, wow. It's like, oh yeah, y'all should be doing this and this is where we should be, blah, 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 blah. So I think those factors take come into play too because when you're constantly being told, and uh, listen, it's, it's stressful looking for a job. I remember being a 19-year-old 
teenager and looking for a job and you know you're going from place to place and everybody's like no 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 because they're judging you by appearance possibly and right and you know at the same time too at the same time too people asking you the question why can't you get a job yeah so on the one hand you have people back home or wherever you're from Mm -hmm. asking why can't you get a job you have a wife and children to support already Mm -hmm. and then the people you know out in the world where you're trying to get a job looking at you like you know questioning what your abilities and your you know your integrity and whether they would even want you in their job site correct and it's, it's stressful if you think that you're not good enough to be in the workforce right or that because you don't have a degree that that's why you don't get a job with some of these jobs you're like this job doesn't require a degree or it shouldn't require a degree right and it's (laughs) like oh well you know we're looking for somebody with a little bit more experience Mm -hmm. like well how do you get experience yeah double-edged sword age-old question right but these these things become factors and so when we talk about traumatic Mm -hmm. you know nobody wants to believe that these things are happening because i'm black of course but when you when you sit down and you look at the situation, you're like, yeah, it's 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 because of this. And so then there's some some situations that we dealt with within our childhood that were affecting us negatively that, you know, make us believe that it's easy for us to withdraw. It's easier for us to just withdraw and not fight it as opposed to keep pushing and hope for one day to get something that will begin to land us on our feet. And this makes uh, a good transition to the issue of triggers, mm-hmm. because uh, when you're a part of a uh, historically marginalized, undervalued community mm-hmm. because of the position that your country that you built has placed you in. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, the opportunities uh, are, are less and mm-hmm. you're also being judged from the outside for 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 your uh, level of, or the, what's perceived as your level of success, which oftentimes is incorrect because we have plenty of, of uh, indicators of success, right. especially considering this condition. But when you have all that working together and you have some people who do have mental disorders, mm-hmm. there are certain things that can literally trigger um, some kind of response. Mm-hmm. And um, let's talk about that in the next segment. to end with triggers because um, it's kind of a a double entendre. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, uh, all of the things that were mentioned in the last two segments will result in or manifest themselves in triggers. Okay. um, uh, Or the way that we respond to those triggers. But on the the second hand, on the other side, um, the triggers uh, kind of initiate some kind of idea of the way that we can respond to it in a more productive way mm-hmm. instead of always talking about how the man got to us <laughs> and always talking about oppression Not the man again <laughs> yeah right the man capital t capital m uh, um and you know and, and nobody one thing that a lot of people realize or don't i should say don't realize is that uh, when we talk about these historic uh, levels of oppression and instances of oppression, you don't have black people saying we want to talk about being victims. You know, it's not, there is no people group that, that thrives 
in victimhood or who love to because the thing Negativity. is that it's Im- because, well I'm honestly it's embarrassing when you have been colonized that means somebody's been able to get over on you so there's mm-hmm. nothing to brag about so when we just to, to anybody who's thinking this way when we talk about these things it's things it's because they're true because these historic things actually took place not because we rejoice in being able to point these things out but mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to do is just uh, deal with what uh, the medical community calls triggers because okay. we have been dealing with actual definitions. Mm-hmm. So triggers are external events or circumstances that may produce very uncomfortable emotional or psychiatric symptoms such as anxiety, panic, discouragement, despair, and negative self-talk. Reacting to triggers is normal, but if we don't recognize them and respond to them appropriately, Mm -hmm. they may actually cause a downward spiral, making us feel worse and worse. And then it goes on to talk about some details about triggers. So when you're in this cauldron in which... Um, you've been undervalued because the whole reason you came to this country or were brought here is to be, you know, beasts of burden. Right. Um, and that's that's the initiation of your presence as an enslaved person here. And then when um, when when you're made to believe <laughs> that that's what you're worth. Yes. And and there's a public uh, campaign to let everyone else call, uh, believe that that's what you're worth. Right. And then you have circumstances like segregation uh, and mass incarceration and all right. these other Asians, as I mentioned earlier, right. that um, that perpetuate your condition. Then it's really easy to look at black folks in this country and say, what's wrong with them? And so that's part of why we're we're saying, OK, we're talking about mental illness here. The mm. question is, are we crazy? But. Uh, what is it about these triggers that kind of self-perpetuates this image? So, I got one term for you. Okay. Fed up. <laughs> we get fed up. Yeah. Like, we, we can't, there's like, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to that point where you're like, hey, listen, you you. This circumstance is happening. That circumstance is happening. Why is this happening like this? Why is it happening like that? And we, what we realize is, is like there was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. We're listening to these things, and we're like, well, what's happening? And why is it like this? Well, when we get fed up, you be like, another brother goes to jail. Uh, another brother, you know, the exonerated five. I I didn't even realize how I felt about the exonerated five until I started watching what was happening with them and everybody talking about how they got let off and exactly everything that was happening. And you're like, you're trying to tell me that if it wasn't for DNA evidence and somebody coming forth. Now, listen, we had the confession from the guy who was in jail Mm -hmm. who was like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. And that wasn't enough. They wanted DNA on top of that for them to finally say, yeah, these guys shouldn't be in jail. And then I can admit it was a trigger for me Mm. to stop and say, man, they really hate us. Mm. This is really like you. These aren't mistakes. I thought DNA evidence was like for mistakes. Like, oh, somebody was wrongfully incarcerated because they actually didn't have enough evidence. So and we're like instead of it being a this, deliberate um this isn't oversight. about right. And I said this isn't about that. I said because the truth that comes out is that when you realize the entire case 
was just fabricated. Everything about it. They were taught to respond in a certain way. And so now I'm looking at um, a man who went in as a young boy mm-hmm. talking about how he's a survivor. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the only way he can describe himself now as a survivor. That bothers me. Yeah. It bothers mm-hmm. me greatly. And I can admit it didn't happen to me, but the trauma comes over because you're like, this is what you're doing to our people. Yeah. And you're interrupting people's lives. That's what it is. For your career, for just to say you did something as opposed to doing your job, which you were paid to do correctly, that you didn't do correctly. And you were their age around that same time. We grew up in this Correct. in this town. I had a brother who was a couple years younger. You were around mm-hmm. their age. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just you, but all of my male, you know, the guys that I went to school with. Right. These were the same age kids. Right. And I just remember coming home and my parents uh, reiterating what they'd all, always taught us, which is, you are a minor. You should not be having a conver- a cop should not be having a conversation with you and if By a cop yourself. tries yeah Correct. and if a cop tries to tell them i cannot say anything until my parents are here Correct. Uh, but the thing is is that the way when you look at that netflix series mm-hmm. uh, it illustrated very well that the way that they uh, manipulated those boys yes. and with the fear that they instilled mm-hmm. i could even see a kid just becoming too afraid to obey what's been pounded in his, in his head right. since you know since he was a little kid and so those are part of the triggers that now we're afraid to deal with police they they want us to you know build these relations with police to say that listen we're here to serve the community but Black people don't feel that you're here to serve the black community. Yeah. We feel you're here to put us into jail. That's part of the trigger. When you hear the sirens, whether it's a police siren or whether it's an ambulance siren, it could be a fire truck siren. And hmm. we're like, what is that? Where are they at? Who are they coming for? Yeah. Cop could just be walking down the street. And we're like, oh, there goes the cop. He's going to single me out. Those are part of those triggers, right? So... I think those those things happen. I think there's a little bit more triggers, which may be the subject of another episode of how we view, how we've been taught to view the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Within our own community. Within yep. our own community and, you know, with domestic violence and yeah. things of that nature. And once you deal with one instance of domestic violence, then now you think to be combative in every situation because you're like, this may escalate. And so... We have these triggers that tell us that once a person says a certain thing, oh, now it's on. Now, oh, this is what this person means. And sometimes people cannot mean anything by it. Sometimes people are just talking, and that's that. But are we triggered by certain words that make us resort to physical violence? Yeah, I think, and, and I think that if, I, if we took a closer look at the statistical dysfunctions that we tend to experience, um, then it'll we'll see a connection to something that happened in the past where if it's brought up now, whether we in our generation remembers it directly or whether we heard it from grandparents, um, then we'll then it'll explain why we have the reaction we have. For example, going mm-hmm. to the doctor. Right. Um, so right now, even to this day, uh, African-American women um, have a higher infant mortality rate. Now, infant mortality I thought that that was from the olden days. You know, what What are you talking about infant mortality? Or a higher rate of black women not making it through childbirth right. than anybody else. And then when you go back, I was just listening to another podcast today, which reminded me that hospitals in this country weren't integrated until 1965. Mm. 
1965. That's, That's right. in our parents' lifetime. Right. 1965. One of those marginalized and communities. Yes. yes. And, you know, and, and even then it was pulling teeth to cause the hospitals to integrate. And it doesn't mean that black hospitals were inherently uh, inherently inferior. Mm-hmm. It just means that they were given fewer resources Correct. and did the best that they could. So integration basically uh, meant that we were able to get the resources we needed. Well, right. even to this day, now people won't you know, go to the doctor. And of course, the Tuskegee experiment we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many such uh, um, instances that will cause us to be triggered by the notion of even going to see a doctor. Right. And, you know, there's two things I want to discuss and I want us to keep this in mind. It's like, listen, I'm going to I'm going to send my child to the hospital. Mm -hmm. But now you're going to start poking them with all these different things. And then you put me through the rigmarole. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Rigmarole. Yes, I said it. (laughs) To, to have the child in this hospital and whether I could be here or whether I should be there and things of that nature and then how long I have to stay into the hospital afterwards. Yeah. You watching, you know, there are a lot of women who that's, there's that trauma. You first you're dealing with postpartum mm-hmm. to some degree. And then if your child dies in the hospital, is it something that you did or that the hospital did? That That's part of that conversation with the hospitals and do you really need to use doctors or are midwives acceptable? And so they tell us because, oh, you know, they scared us into having children at the hospital because they're like, oh, you never know what's going to go yeah. wrong. And you're like. What about the doulas? Yeah. Well, we're not, we're not even thinking about some of those same um, uh, resources that we, we've had historically. Correct. And so when a woman loses a child, yeah. obviously that's trauma. Mm-hmm. And dealing with that mm-hmm. and then what i also want to discuss because we talked about the exonerated five yeah you know when people come home from jail and the 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 culture of jail and what a lot of people like mistake and misinterpret it's not only the people in it's not only the inmates that are affected the officers in the jail the correction officers That's are true. affected too yeah. seeing this behavior all day long, breaking up fights all day long, seeing what people go through, seeing you like, you know, it's it's traumatizing. You standing by the side watching somebody get beat to a pulp. And they're you, also and they're not thinking, OK, the way that this system is structured is the reason why people are behaving this way. You have a cage that you put somebody in. At some point, they're going to act like an animal. Co- correct. You just and, think, oh, what's wrong with these people? And then there's the trickle effect. So now, what happens to the children of these officers that they go home, and now they're trying to come back down, but now I have to go home after dealing with people out of 10. I have to go come down and be loving to my child right now. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the child gets affected from that. Because, Mm -hmm. listen, we're we're not robots. We don't just turn on and off. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes we see things, and the, the trauma of it, is affecting us and I'm trying not to translate that to my child but my child needs love now and then how do I deal with my child and the child gets negatively affected by there's that. this uh, concept of the magical Negro and among the magical many Negro. Things, okay. yeah among <laughs> many things the magical Negro is just the fa- the whole notion we had this discussion in the past about uh, us being expected to um, be able to do twice as much to get half as far 
Mm-hmm. We are supposed to be able to just survive all of this oh, yeah. and end up unscathed. Fine. Right. So uh, bipolar what disorder. What doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 all it's that it's, false it's the insanity of, mm. of systemic racism. Yes. And so the insanity of systemic racism says that you are a child, you're an animal, you're intellectually inferior, but then we expect you to be superior in other ways. Yes. For example, the bipolar disorder. Order, whether this is something that can be circumstantial or can or is a specific um, brain disorder, mm-hmm. like of course there are going to be people in our community when we talk about the history yes. or when we talk about certain circumstances if it is circumstantial with mm-hmm. bipolar disorder. Right. When we talk about uh, PTSD, um, yes. Not everybody in our community lives in marginalized areas. I didn't. A lot of people I know didn't. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. However, this is a systemic issue that affects a large group of people uh, within our communities. Of course, there are going to be people with PTSD. Why do we expect somehow for us to dance and sing our way out of this. And then when it comes to triggers, we are human beings. Right. We're going to respond to triggers that cause us to, to, to act a certain way. But the question, uh, the, the question to know or to, to ask at this point is, are we crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What are your thoughts about that? Because a lot of folks will look at behavior, and I know a lot of times we turn on ourselves. I even on social media, sure. I see people say, "What's wrong with black people? I'm going to put away my black card today because this is ridiculous." Right. And we turn on ourselves, but like, are we truly crazy? Um. So, in my opinion, the answer to the question is no. Mm-hmm. Um. We do need a little bit more sympathy toward one another. Yeah. We need a little bit more education so that we can understand how to deal with one another. And then we need to learn how to encourage people to get help when they know that they're dealing with certain things. So collectively, no, we're not crazy. We're learning how to be whole as a nation once again. And learning how to be whole is learning our reactions to certain things because not all groups respond the same way to certain situations. Males don't respond the way that females respond to situations. And so when we become a little bit more educated and a little bit more feeling toward one another, then we won't be so quick to jump and be like, oh, she's crazy. Oh, yeah, he's crazy. And then there's actually acknowledging when somebody is crazy. Excellent. You know, when that happens, then we'll be better off as a people. When I was at Hampton University uh, doing my undergraduate work, yes, I went to H A M P T O N. Yes, I did. The real H U. But anyway, so when I was there, one of the things that struck me that I remember to this day was one of the uh, scholars who came to talk to us was one named Jawanza Kunjufu. Okay. And he, some people who are our listeners might remember that he uh, is a specialist in the, the conspiracy to destroy black boys and he has um, some books related to that. He's still around, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyway, one of the things that I remember to this day that he said, he looked at each of us, we're 18, 19 years old, and said, you are the descendants of the people who refused to die. To this day, I remember him saying, because, you know, the question is, do you know, do you know actually who you are? Do you know what type of blood and stock and DNA, you know, is inside of you? You are the descendants of the people who refuse to die. die. And uh, 
when I and the reason I thought about that here is I think as you know melanated people mm-hmm. <laughs> people in this nation that we're looking to to build um, we should reflect and not get so discouraged by the past sure. and what brought us to North America but but also to honor our ancestors and think about what these people went through individually yes. um, because because first of all that honors them but it also helps to explain why some you know we behave and why we have some of the dysfunctions that we have what do you feel about this talk in general and or some of those thoughts Murray? um i definitely agree with the brother and i think that history shouldn't be shot away from because it teaches us what not to do in the future and so not that we pride ourselves in our shame yeah but we understand that we're being progressive we understand the mistakes of our past we understand how we dealt in a certain way and it wasn't good and so the past has to always talk to the future if the past doesn't talk to the future then we're doomed to remain in the past and so for us as we think we're crazy and we try to understand ourselves and we try to understand the generational curses that we're trying to climb out of, it's for us to talk about what happened in slavery, what what were the things that the people did to fight that refused to die, mm-hmm. and the people who are now that are trying to put things in place and learn to promote one another, learn how to encourage one another through what we do. It's like, hey, listen, just because you deal with anxiety don't let anybody tell you that you're less just because you have PTSD don't let anybody tell you that you're less just because you have bipolar disorder don't just stop and tell like don't own it don't tell yourself well you know I'm crazy so that's why I do what I do no this is how I control it this is how I understand the things that's happening with me and yes I may live with anxiety, but anxiety doesn't control me. I may live with bipolar disorder, but it doesn't control me. It's just something that I deal with. And when that happens, then we're better off as a people. And so that sort of helps to answer the question of what people can do, what we and what our listeners can do Mm -hmm. about this, uh, this data that we've been talking about throughout this podcast episode. And you mentioned earlier on uh, that getting, getting help, getting counseling, I'll, I'll just be personal and talk about myself. My parents have passed before their time, you know? Mm-hmm. That's something, you know, that, yeah. that like, so there, there are ways that that probably has impacted me that there's no way that I or anybody listening can look into themselves to, 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 to be able to pick out. No, 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 that requires somebody else. Right. And nowadays, there's uh, people who have health insurance you can get this on Skype in terms of, you know, one-on-one counseling. Now that, you know, these people who are licensed professional counselors are on the phone. You can, right, get, right. You can get them that way. You don't have to go out to somebody's office. Anymore. Sure. You sit on your own couch. Somebody yeah. Else's. <laughs> yeah, sit right. on your couch and, and turn, right. turn your computer on. Right. Um, but whatever it is, you know, having, having a systematic way of dealing with it, who knows how that's going to impact one's life. So in terms of things to do about it, I think uh, that that's one one thing any other thoughts concerning um solutions regarding uh mental health issues or triggers um don't don't diagnose yourself go see a mental professional go 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 see uh, a health professional i said mental professional (laughs) go see a health professional 
find out what's going on. Sometimes you may be going through a phase in your life, and that's okay. But whatever you do, and you know I'm always saying it, communicate, communicate, communicate. Don't suffer in silence. Now, as a people in general, um, another thing that I think is helpful for us is to look across time and Mm -hmm. look at some of the decisions that we've made as a people. Mm -hmm. Decisions that were good and decisions that, in retrospect, we might be, uh, we might have made different decisions. And I got to say this. Yeah. Don't exacerbate your, your, your decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes if you know you're dealing with something mentally, then don't start doing drugs. Don't start <laughs> doing course. alcohol. Yeah. Things like that. Well, you'd be Cooperate surprised. Cooperate with yourself. Because if you know that's an area of weakness, th- well, you know. Well, th- there's some people, and I believe this, we self-medicate. Yes, definitely. We, we try to Food. drown out our sorrows. Right. So it's like, okay, instead of feeling like this, this is what I do when I start feeling like this. Don't do that. Make sure, and that's what I say about exacerbating an issue, don't don't make it worse by thinking that you can take care of it all by yourself. Yeah. Because a lot of times, obviously, if you could take care of it all by yourself, you wouldn't be dealing with it the way that you're dealing with it. And sometimes even suppressing it after a certain amount of time will make it all come out. Yeah. And then you'll really find yourself at a disadvantage. So as soft as it sounds, reflection is something that that can be extremely helpful even if you need help from other people to do it because if you look back and you see a series of patterns where you're responding a certain way uh, when certain triggers come then uh, you can't really identify it until you see those patterns and you actually reflect on what's what's happened in the past so remember you all uh, actions speak louder than words Words. and also listeners please remember to click the subscribe button so that you'll know about new episodes uh, and tell your own circle about the Beneath the Surface podcast. Yes, I'm please. sure listening to this, you may have already thought, okay, I need to tell XYZ, this person, that person. Mm-hmm. Please go ahead and do so. Now, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please give us as many stars as you can. Please. And um, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, or another social media platform, definitely um, go ahead and share this with your friends and followers. So we're really thankful that you joined us, family. Remember, what our goal is, is is building up this nation. That's right. Um, We had an interruption as a people. And right now we're coming out on the other side after all of these centuries to become who it is that we truly are. Right. Um, and so we want to actually be a part of that process. It is nation time. Uh, never, ever forget you all. Peace. <laughs>